1: and now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only Pucko Podcast! It's
2: Pucko! Pucko! It's Pucko! Pucko! Come on, Underground
0: Champions League,
2: oh yeah. Fuck off! Grab your friends, it's that
1: time Come again. Yet. Listen to the shit with the fun never ends. It's fuck off. Oh. Fuck off! Oh yeah. Fuck off! <laughs> it's your
2: host, Trink That! That!
0: And welcome to the Pucko Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my excellent co-host, Professor Snag, and Linian.
1: But on the podcast now,
0: yeah i should <laughs> I should honestly say last minute co-host. I think that's the word. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> today, has, today has been a whirlwind of people supposedly being on the show, and it was neither, neither of you that were scheduled this week. Um, it's it's just been a happenstance after happenstance, but uh, thank you both for being here. This is the 342nd episode of the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name that was first founded in 1935. When an alcoholic took his last drink and founded Alcoholics Anonymous or AA, it was a prototype name. Uh, obviously they switched it later on, but we stole it for ourselves and now we use it for our awesome podcast and community all about Pokemon. Speaking of that, we talk about everything from the video game to the trading card game and even the Pokemon Rebirth manga. We don't actually talk about that, <laughs> but it's, uh, man, that's digging deep. Uh, Lydian told there me about that. Lydian told me about that the other day. And he he said he said you should use that at the beginning of the show. I'm like, wait, have you not heard about that before? He's like, well, I just watched the watched the Jay Witts video about it. I'm like, that I, I forgot that that's like three or four years old now. That's absurdly old. And
1: that's just the video. The, the more you look into Rebirth, the weirder it is. The most normal thing about it is that they battle by fusing Pokemon. Yeah. It it just keeps getting stranger. Yeah, I, I heard about that. It's it's,
0: it's weird, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the weirder things. And we just talked about it. So there you guys go. We have our we have our Pokemon rebirth discussion right there at the beginning of our show today. But as we start off every show, I want to ask you guys, how's everything been? What you been up to?
2: Yeah, oh life life has been busy. It's good. Uh of course there's the new snagger in the in the household. He's yeah. doing good. He's yeah, a fun little guy. Um let's see who else. Um I have to give a shout out to Dr. O'Donnell because she's part of what allowed me to be here uh, in the very <laughs> last minute. <laughs> so she has to get a shout out not only for that, but also uh, she was amazing this week. Uh, we found on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, remember those old Burger King um, gold Pokemon cards? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I found some of those on Facebook Marketplace and was like, "Hey, check this out. This is a pretty good price for these." And uh, it wasn't until she was on the way to pick them up that she told me that she was picking them up. And oh, so that's I nice. have a full. I, I know I have a full set plus one of those, and they are just amazing. And my wife is is the best. Um, <laughs> that's
0: amazing. Yeah, no, that's a good find. Yeah. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. They're not super expensive either, but they're just like one of those cool Pokemon things to have.
2: Yeah, I suppose it depends on what kind of condition you find them in. Because I was looking on like eBay and Amazon, and like they're going for twenty to fifty bucks a pop. But really? those are probably in better condition than the. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe it comes with a box or something. I say I do have one with the box. Uh, these all have like the certificate of authenticity. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but I do remember those. I think I have like three. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, as anyone else who's in draft league, I've been working on draft league. Um, and actually, I had a ma- my match against Spack Luigi, who up until last night had only one loss under his belt, and I gave oh. him his second.
0: Well, that's congratulations on that. I know he was a real contender Thank you. season one.
2: And he still is. He still is. He's, he's, he's really good, and I, it was a tough match to prepare for, but uh, yeah, it worked out well.
0: Awesome. That's really good. Uh, what about you, Linian? Well, this is the first time on the show. Tell tell pe- Let people know who you are, if they haven't listened to anything else before.
1: If uh, my name isn't familiar, that means you're not on the Discord, where I haunt. Um, <laughs> I've been listening to Puckle for a while. I was the Game Corner, what are we calling it, champion of... The tournament at the end. I don't know. Season one champion. I should, I <laughs> Season one champion of Game Corner. <laughs> um, I've been doing draft league. I'm one of the gym leaders. Uh, and this week has been real weird. Yeah. Uh, That's good. It's uh, good, weird, but also weird, weird. Uh, in like less than 48 hours, I ended up getting and starting a job that, without getting too into it, involves basically a lot of paperwork and an inordinate amount of truckers. (laughs) Uh, But it's been, it's been interesting. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, well, I can't really talk about that, but a lot of prep work for an interesting, an interesting project. (laughs) I can say at this junction, and just pdl hell. Mm -hmm. Grinding up to the end trying to trying to take second in the division.
0: Well, have fun with that. Uh, as for myself, I started playing Pokemon Quest because I, I'm i a trend uh, follower. I'm not a trendsetter. Uh, and I saw everybody else was playing it. So I was just like, let's give this thing a whirl. And it's not too bad. It's it's definitely addicting as like a game to just want to progress. And if you're trying to do it full on freemium, it's pretty difficult, which I'm trying to do because I do not want to spend $30 on this game. I do not think it is worth $30. I... I just I can't bring myself to be like, man, $30 for Pokemon Quest so that I can get four cooking pots at the same time. I can't even get enough ingredients for one cooking pot at a time. And they want me to go ahead and get four cooking pots so that I can go cook for myself uh, and get all the Pokemon, which just isn't impossible. It's not feasible.
2: Snagarina started that uh, yesterday as well. She played through. I really didn't give it much attention myself. But
0: yeah, I only did it because my wife picked it up and she started playing it for a little bit. And it looked decent from what she was playing. I'm like, okay, this was a cute little game. It's definitely something that I would claim as like a quote unquote mobile
1: game.
2: Yeah, and it is going to be coming to mobile.
1: <laughs> I'm waiting for it to come to mobile. I played it for uh, I don't even know a while. I got to like the where you get three options of places to go. Mm-hmm. I got most of the way through that, but it is difficult to just grab my Switch every couple hours and yeah, that's the problem. I just the, the energy.
0: It's not a big deal for Switch. I feel like this was more of a, he. we are working on Switch, have this game for like three weeks early because it should be here by the end of the month, they said. We're going to get Pokemon Quest on smartphones by the end of the month and it'll all be fantastic and nice and good. So we'll see though.
1: Yeah, and and if, if you have a Switch but haven't started it, I would recommend just waiting for a, a mobile port.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not a
1: bad game. I, I was enjoying it. It was fun. It's a little bit mindless, but... You know, oh, it's definitely mindless. Good... Yeah, I put that on autoplay and didn't pick it up, and I was still doing fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think I think you're just going to have more fun on your cell phone. It, it doesn't, it doesn't oh, take yeah. advantage of the Switch's other features.
0: No, exactly. I think it's definitely a smartphone game that they just put on the Switch. Which, honestly, I, I would I would like to say that this is the first time the Switch has done this, but it isn't. A lot of smartphone developers put games on the Switch just to try to sell them so on a different platform. And, it, I mean, it works. It, it happens. I wouldn't say it doesn't. So, it, it, I'm interested to see where it goes. I like the fact that they were just like, hey, by the way, we are working on the Switch. And I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit more today because I, I I do think there's implications for what's going on. We talked about a lot about what the announcements last week said, but I do want to talk about the impact that Pokemon Go is obviously showing on the Pokemon world, which we were going to talk about today. So stick around for the topic. But first, we have to go to the news and uh, talk some quiz with your co-host. So we're going to kick it on over to Puckles, uh, the news segment. So let's cue that epic music. <laughs> This just in. And on to the news. In the news, we have a few things. A lot of things actually happened this week. I was really surprised by the lack of things happening after an announcement in the Pokemon world, because that typically doesn't happen. So first of all, if you guys are unfamiliar, the Speed Gamers are going through and doing their annual event where they try to catch every single Pokemon in a set amount of time. I believe they're trying to do it over six days this year, from the 9th to the 15th of June. They're going to attempt to catch all 807 Pokemon. Well, not seven. I guess it's technically six right now. 806 Pokemon uh, and put them all on one Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon cartridge at the end of it. But they do this. They're raising money for St. Jude's. So if you're interested in doing that, check out the Speed Gamers at speedgamers.tv or something like that. You can check them out. It's always awesome because they've been doing this for like 10 years now. And every year, it's just amazing that you see this kind of stream happen. They were doing it before Twitch. I remember watching the first one. It's always a good time, though, if you want to watch some people just play Pokemon and talk some Pokemon for literally seven days. Uh, I've seen some of those in the past. They're, yeah, It's pretty interesting, pretty cool that they do it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm all for any Twitch stream or video game stream that's all about donating money, so I will hype things up, especially if it's Pokemon-wise. So if you want to keep playing Pokemon Go, they're having a water event now for two weeks. It's a really long event. It's going until June 21st. You can go and catch am... all the water types in Pokemon Go. Kyogre returns the raids along with shiny Kyogre, as well as shiny Shelter, which I think is just like, hey, let's just like throw one in there, and everybody's like, okay. It's basically what they do at event. They throw in a couple
2: new shinies here and there, and yeah. of course, there's like the other ones that have been around. You got your Love Disk, your Magikarp, your Whale, uh, Wilmer, all that good stuff. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I don't think you guys appreciate how much of a lifesaver a water event is. I live in a place that gets either horrible snowstorms all winter and then doesn't drop below ninety five in the summer. Perfect. There's not rain, <laughs> and there's no there's no like lakes to go around and find <laughs> water types at. This has been amazing for filling out my decks. Well,
0: that's good. They made it for you. I think they're also doing – they do this like once every two years now. They're just rotating events and go. And because – well, I guess it's not every year. It's probably – or every two years. It's probably every year and a half they're doing this because we did have a water type event. We did have an adventure week just like we had previously.
2: Adventure week happened at about the same time. It was maybe just a yeah. little bit later this year, but it happened that. at
0: about the same I agree with mm. that. And so they're, they were starting to repeat events, which is okay, I guess. I would really like to see something cool like a, uh, I don't know, like a Steel-type event. I would be down for a Steel-type event. We haven't had one of those. To be fair, until recently, there weren't a lot of Steel-type Pokemon in the game. And there still aren't a lot of Steel-type Pokemon in the
1: game. Not until next gen. And a lot of the Steel-types at this point aren't basics either, like things you just find out in the grass. It's like your Caesar's, your Steelixes, your Foratrice's. You got
2: got, yeah. I mean, you also got, like, your Skarmory and
0: your Beldum. People would probably appreciate it to get the Beldum. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Beldum's the next next Community Day Pokemon in Pogo. Like
2: Either like Beeldum August or,
0: or... Yeah. Like August. I can Either see Beeldum. Bagon. Yeah. I can see Bagon. But they're doing, like, all the 10k eggs. It's like a starter cycled with a 10k egg right now. Yep. I'm assuming that we're going to get... In August, we're going to get Beldam or Bagon or something from Gen 3 because I think they hit the two big ones from Gen 2, which are Mareep and Larvitar. So I feel yep. like I feel like Beldum and Bagon are next on the list. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Just let that Beldum be known. has a better shiny. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. They have much more marketable yes, shiny after we're going to have shiny Larvitar, which doesn't look much different this month. Uh, by the way, Community Day, for all of you who don't know, is next weekend. So definitely check that out. On June 15th, 2 p.m. Eastern. Go. Be there. Be square, man. All right. Also, so there's this fun thing that's happening. Speaking of Pokemon Go, there's going to be new Pokemon Go gyms from these vending machines they're putting in Japan, which just deposit, distribute PokemonCenter.com items or Pokemon Center items in Japan because they don't have to go to the website. They have like 20 physical stores. So these are coming out. It's really interesting. I hope we see them move to the West. We probably won't. I'm going to say we probably won't whatsoever. Yes, we did have one. We did have one vending machine in Seattle, though, to be fair, and I think it's still there. Jushiro can confirm it or deny it for me. I've I've made a pilgrimage to it myself. It's not that great. (laughs) (laughs) But anything in the US that gets me closer to a real Pokemon Center experience, I'm all I'm all about it. So is it anything like Walmarts where it's just like piles and piles of plushes? No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's actually got like a distributed screen. It's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it because we don't have too many vending machines in the U.S. that distribute things that aren't like potato chips and soda. soda. So it's really different when it's just like, oh, yes, I will purchase this $20 plush out of this vending machine. It's very difficult to explain. Other things that happened, I didn't even realize this happened until I was prepping for the show today, but they announced all of the regionals for North America for the 2018-2019 season of Pokemon, uh, play Pokemon, and there's some really weird implications that are happening with it, which I would like to just mention and discuss a little bit. So uh, I'm going to quickly list off, I think there's like 15 or 16 of these, or 14, 14, that's what I'm listing. Um, of these. So we're just going to go real fast. If I say your hometown, just deal with it and don't get super excited. So September 14th to 16th, Philadelphia. October 6th to 7th, Memphis. October 26th to 28th, Portland. November 24th to 25th, Roanoke. Uh, December 15th and 16th, Anaheim. January 19th and 20th, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. I say the airport because it is specifically in the airport. They have a hotel attached to it and you can literally just sit in Dallas-Fort Worth and not actually go anywhere. You just fly in, and you stay at the hotel there, and you go play Pokemon. February 22nd and 24th, Collinsville, Illinois, slash what is known as St. Louis. It's just on the other side of the river.
2: Not the 23rd,
0: though? <laughs> not the twenty. Well, it's the 22nd to the 24th. They, they always okay. book these for three days just in case there's overflow, because the TCG side actually gets pretty heavy sometimes. You'll get a good number of competitors. But this is the this is the year in the cycle of a generation where you're going to see a nice decline in the number of people coming to play competitive Pokemon because you're just going to see Mega yeah. Ray Ray and Ultra Necrozma everywhere. So you're just going to see them everywhere. It's just going to be what happens. Uh, so March 9th and 10th in near Toronto. It's not actually in Toronto. there's like near Toronto. Uh, then you have March 16th and 17th in Greensboro, North Carolina. April 6th and 7th in Denver. However, it is only for the TCG, not for the VGC. Only a TCG regional, which is interesting, and we'll talk We'll talk about that here in a minute. April 19th and 21st at Daytona Beach. May 4th and 5th in Hartford, Connecticut. May 18th and 19th in Santa Clara, California. And June 1st and 2nd in Madison, Wisconsin. So the one thing that I want to take away from this is, one, uh, I think it's really hilarious because Fort Wayne, Indiana has been kind of a staple for Pokemon regionals for years and they finally kind of given Indiana the boot because they had like a whole controversy with Indiana a few years back and Nationals last year was in Indiana and I feel like the fact that we had Fort Wayne this past year was kind of just like a vestige of Pokemon wanting to deal with Indiana, but I've heard rumors that Pokemon, the company, doesn't want to deal with the state of Indiana anymore. So that that's a fun fact. We can discuss it later. I don't want to get into too many political issues, but yeah, <laughs> I, I know exactly why. Um, the other thing that I think is super interesting is that there is a
1: TCG only regional, and I think this and has. Oh, go ahead. I was to say, and it's the only one within ten hours of where I am, <laughs> which is horrifying. Well, the reason that it's in
0: it's interesting is because. You've seen the trading card game actually pick up a lot of steam. A lot of more people are showing up to the trading card events while you've seen the VGC grow stagnant. And I wonder if this is a shift for Nintendo to kind of just they're kind of pushing VGC more to the side, in my opinion, in this in this case, which I could definitely see them doing because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of money that they're gaining from the VGC tournaments or anything. They're kind of just doing them because,
1: hey, you can do it while this TCG tournament's going on,
0: though people like us get really excited about it.
1: I think part of it comes down to the fact that if you want to play competitive Pokemon, so to speak, like you want to play VGC, uh, or if you want to play things like that, there's always an option. If I have a 3DS and a bad Wi-Fi connection, I can still play basically whatever I want. I, I can ladder. There's not necessarily tournaments unless there's a local organization outside of these kinds of regionals. But oh, that's part if of if you it. want that's to play it. card games, like you, you have to go to these events. No, I agree with you to an extent.
2: Oh, not only that. It's like if you just think about it from a mm-hmm. company and money perspective, you buy the video game once and that's all you have to do. Uh, uh, so, you know, for the we're good for like what, probably the next year uh, just with the uh, Ultra Stone Ultra Moon uh, exactly. ones and we don't have to buy anything else. For the TCG, every three months a new set has come out, and so they have to buy new things, they have to stay current, and so they're always selling product. And so it makes sense for them to push the TCG
0: more because it makes them more money. I wonder if we'll see something like the video game championships start to become just kind of a sideshow compared to the TCG tournaments. I mean, they kind of already are,
1: but I wouldn't be surprised to see it. You know, Snags kind of makes a good point, but what kind of interests me now is maybe that means that Jenny's going to have a a bigger push towards that BGC because it's on a new console. It's on a new, it's, it's going to, it's going to look a lot better. It's going to stream out a lot better.
0: I want to, I want to counter your argument by just saying the same thing happened back in 2013 when we got X and Y Um, and you would, I mean, you could expect that, but I feel like if you look at the investment, so an average TCG player, if they want to build a good deck and rotation or get the updated cards, they're going to spend, let's, let's say a hundred dollars per set. That's $400 a year. Right. And if you're a VGC player trying to get in, as a business perspective, you are looking at if, even if it is the Switch, every generation lasts approximately, I would say, three years. Um, it's three to four, but I think they're finally starting to settle into a cycle where it's every three, and you you so you get a new generation every three years. So, and probably two games within that generation at this point. I don't think they're ever gonna do three like we saw with uh, what generation. I don't think we've ever seen that with a gen. Well, we did uh, last time was Gen Four though. It was the last time we saw three game, three sets of games in a generation, and that was Diamond and Pearl, followed by Platinum, followed by Hartwell's Little Silver. I don't think we'll see a remake and a third version ever again in the generation. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they realize that that's just too much. You can't expect yeah. consumers to purchase that. And I I think we'll... So $300 for a Switch, right? You're pushing that. $300 for a Switch and then $60 for a game because it's going to be $60. They're not going to charge 40 for it. And... If you're like us, you're spending $120 on a game, which is $420, and that's gonna let's let's multiply the games by two, so $240. You're looking at $300 for three years plus um, an extra $240, so you're looking at $200 per year to compete. But if you're trying to do it seriously, you can cut that down significantly to like. Something like $150 a year to compete, which is on par with what we're doing. But you also assume that Gen 9 is going to be on some next-gen hardware, which isn't the Switch, which I think is a bold claim to make. Uh, they've the past two generation, or the past four generations. They've actually had two generations on a system with the DS and the 3DS, and I can see the Switch also being a long-lasting piece of hardware. And so you're looking at Generation 9 also being on the Switch. So you kind of further reduce those costs if you're if you're playing all 12 years or not 12, all six years. Of the of the Pokemon cycle. And that I mean, so that works out to fifty bucks just for the Switch and then maybe so four games. So you're looking at again two forty, divide that over six and you're looking at another fifty, less than a hundred bucks to play.
2: Well, while while you're making all these calculations though, I mean the, the switch oh, is absolutely. a multi purpose thing. And I bet a lot of people are so, I mean, one, I mean, it, I doubt there are many people who are just buying the Switch and just buying the game so they can play competitive. I bet they have a few other mm-hmm. things that they do it for, um, whereas the people who are playing the TCG are exclusively buying that just to play competitively uh, TCG. Unless they are electors, that's the, that's the one other thing that I think is a really interesting. Yeah. We'll move yeah. on
0: though. So we don't like harp on this forever, but yeah, no, we can go yes. back and forth, but, but it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's only so interesting. Uh, so <laughs> the last thing I wanted to talk about is that we got Famitsu coverage for Pokemon 2019. Uh, it confirmed that it was going to be a Gen 8 game. It wasn't going to be something else. I know this was some a worry in people's minds. It was never a worry in mine. If they say they're coming out with a new like core Pokemon game in 2019, that means they're coming out with a Pokemon game, like a proper Pokemon game, and it would obviously be Gen 8. That's how they work. And I, I just I want to quell, I want to quash <sighs> or uh, quell or calm people if they were having issues with that in their mind. They're like, man, is this next Pokemon game going to be Gen 8? Yes, the answer is yes. It always has been yes. Don't worry. I promise you it, the answer is yes. All right. But that that's the big thing from it. It's going to have better graphics <laughs> than Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee Day's Claim, which I would expect.
1: Okay, that... No, they, they said that. That. they <laughs> said that
0: like it was in the <laughs> interview with Mimitsu. They said, hey, we're going to have better graphics, the best looking Pokemon game this has ever been. I would argue that Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, they don't have great graphics, maybe in terms of Pokemon sprites. But if you look at the overworld and the trainers and stuff, I it's very Chibi-esque and it's very cartoonish compared to something we had. Like if you look at Sun and Moon, that was a much better art style than the art style in Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. I think it's a much more approachable art style that they have in Let's Go, but
1: it reminded me a lot of Oras, and not yeah. all in good ways. Uh, mm-hmm. it's very limited figures. The very it was bright and it was very colorful, like Oras, but it also lacked a lot of the, I don't want to say nuance, but a lot of the depth in how things were scaled and looked. I mean, that's kind of why Alola still is more visually striking, even though it has you know, worse hardware behind it you're gonna see let's go
0: just kind of it's gonna be this game that's an introductory game and i know snag and i have talked about this and about how i mean it's good for kids because you're gonna have your kids play it it's a great it's a gateway drug it's a gateway drug to pokemon it's it's a fantastic in that area we talked about this last week so i i don't know i i do like the idea of us getting a more mature art style of sorts for or a more traditional pokemon art style where you're getting something that feels like a Pokemon game as opposed to something that... I mean, if you look at Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, it definitely feels like a spinoff game. I heard from Ruffled Rowlet. His opinion was that it looks very much like one of the games that you'll see on Facebook that's like the fake Pokemon games. It looks like that. <laughs> yeah. But to Not be fair, wrong. that hits that audience so
2: well. I guess my thought on is is for them to make the engine for Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, and then less than a year later, come up with a a new game and a completely different art style
0: i mean i wouldn't be surprised if it's similar so what you're not considering in this case is that game freak has two teams that operate independently um they've also significantly upped their staff numbers in the past couple years so there i think there's like 300 people working at game freak now it's absurd and that that's the big thing so i think i think half the reason that we got the let's go pikachu let's go eevee art style that we have now is because they only did in a year I think that has better implications for the Pokemon franchise as a whole, but they put that out in a year. They put out that art style in a year, and that's going to be the definitive art style of probably the Let's Go series. And I'm okay with that. I don't care. I don't care what the Let's Go series does. I'm not the person that they're making that game for. They're making that game for your kids. They're making that game for uh, the guy that I met that only plays Pokemon Go, but he's just like, I'm going to buy a Switch because I can transfer my Pokemon to the Switch and ride my Onyx around. And So that... <laughs> they, they they made that game for somebody else and they can keep that art style and they can do whatever they want i, I think we're gonna get something better
1: and and we're talking about just like and building an engine is exhausting but how i you're kind of underestimating how flexible that can be because really that just defines how objects interact not what they look like themselves you can put any asset in and different engines they might render it differently but it. It doesn't really mm-hmm. lock into a style.
0: All right, well, we're just going to end the news there. We're going to take a, we're going to kick it on over now, guys, to Puckle's Poke Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-hosts on their innate Pokemon knowledge. And welcome to Puckle's Pokey Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. We are going to ask them five questions worth one point apiece, and one of those point questions is going to have a bonus point attached to it. So that's six questions, and they get one hint to use throughout the entire course. If they get all of the questions correct without using the hint, they can cash it in for a second point for a possible total of seven points Uh, All of these questions are going to be either really difficult or really hard, but I expect all seven points to be gained today because this was a very quickly put together quiz. Really difficult or really hard? Yeah, uh, because when they're random, I don't have time to actually prep for them. Uh, (laughs) So if you guys are... You guys are competing against the other co-hosts. First 30 points. I think Whimsicott's winning. I don't know how many she has. She probably has like 20 some. I'm just going to make up a number and people are going to believe me. So just just the next time she's on, let her win. Yeah. She'll just, I'm just going to be like, you have 30 points. Yay. Uh, And that's how it's going to work. So we are going to go ahead and go, go through these questions. If you guys are ready, I will start with question number one. Yeah, go for it. All right. Question number one. I want to know what the longest Pokemon route is. Pokemon, is it a route that I want to call it? I want to call it, yeah, I want, I want to call it a uh, a route, or it, it not necessarily a route, but some section of the game. What is the longest one by tile? Define longest. longest, though. What do you mean by define it? It's longest. Like, you can go straight in it the longest.
1: Okay, because that's different than, say, it took you the
0: most time. No, no, I, I, yeah, which one is the longest? Oh dear. Um, it is the longest route in any core series game. So only core series games, they're all you have to think about. Um so so my it's thought It's not necessarily is, named route as well, just keep that in mind because you do have other locations and stuff like that. So
2: So my initial thought on this Linion is that it's uh would be one of the biking trails where you can bike and like try to hatch your eggs either in like Gen four or gen five and whatnot but the fact that he's having hesitation calling it a root makes me think it's one of the bridges in, um, in Gen 5. So it, doesn't, it, a
0: Gen it doesn't need 5. to be called a root. I do want to make that clear. It doesn't need to be called yeah. a root. Which is why I'm thinking it's one of the bridges in Gen 5.
1: If it's not a bridge in Gen 5, I just my question is I don't know if my answer qualifies, but I think it would be Flower Paradise in Gen 4 where you encounter Shannon, Ooh. Where you're just running forever and ever. And ever,
2: and ever That's a good call. I think we should. I think we should go with that answer because whether if that had something else in mind, I think that one trumps it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I just I don't. The problem is I don't know if it counts as a route. But I don't see it why does, it wouldn't. I don't know because it's event locked. I don't know. I, I would say the flower paradise.
2: Let Let's go with that. And just for fun, as a runner up. Uh, so let's go with that answer. But I'm going to say uh, as a runner up, let's call it. Sky Arrow Bridge, which is probably the yeah, no. A the bridge I
0: can think of, though. But our, sure. our primary answer, yes, is Flower Paradise. All right. That dish. correct-ish. I'll take it uh, because it's actually called Seabrake Path, but it leads to Fa- Flower oh. Paradise. You were thinking of the ah. right thing. Uh, but it is Seabrake Path because it is 256 units and eight blocks on the town map. Uh, which it would be impossible for a game in generation three to support this path Uh, (laughs) because of how long (laughs) it is. Yep. So it is, it is incredibly long, but that is correct. That is one point for you guys today. So we're going to move on. So this next question, we're going to forget gen seven even happened. We're going to forget Oras even happened. And I want to know up until X and Y, what is the only Pokemon family that was capable of
1: being caught while holding the item Light Clay? Okay, well, that was a question a while back, but I forget what the answer that was disqualified was. Well, it's not Mudbray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it you yeah, can't get here, that.
0: So it's, well, we're only going up to X and Y. Only up to X and Y.
1: Exactly. That's why I'm saying it's not Mudbray. <laughs> yes.
2: And uh, Light... my for some reason, like, it's jumping out to me to say Claydol, but I think that that is...
1: I thought that also was, was that added? Was that like once like it didn't have it before, but then it was added? I don't remember. Shoot, and this yeah, this was only like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, um, so Light Clay was added Gen Four, yeah. Like it didn't it didn't exist before Gen Four, or did it? I, I don't uh, recall. No, no, it was a Gen Five item. Um, no, it was Gen Five, and if it was in Gen, it, it was introduced in Gen Five. It was only held item. It can't be clay at all. Yeah, okay, I agree. So what um, what ground types were in that game?
2: There was Excadrill. There was there was
1: Gol 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 it. That's yes. It was, it was goal, it. Yes.
0: Is that your final answer?
1: I could be very. And you know what? That would make sense because Gollette and Claydol, uh, Golet and Baltoy are version exclusives in Ultra.
0: Yeah, let's go. Let's go with that answer. Golette. That is correct. That is. Uh, is and Golurk Claydol got it in Oras. So all right, boom, boom, boom. boom. Good, good, good call. Good catch, Lenny. Yeah, <laughs> boom. You guys are. You guys are really going cray here. Uh, I, so, so I'll ask you, uh, I'll give you an option here. I have two questions geared up, but one of them, I don't know how a good way to ask it. So do you want a video game question or a TCG question? Oh, video game. Video game. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have a TCG question, but I don't think anybody in this, in this room would be able to answer it properly. i say, is so. it about Volcanian or Guzzlor? No. <laughs> or no it is not.
1: The jungle set.
0: No, not at all. So let's see here. Uh, boop, 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 boop. I want to know what the lowest level possible to obtain uh, a... Well, yeah, that's not true. Let's not go with that one. Um, let's say... Uh, what is the only Pokemon to get stabbed with Explosion, excluding Smeargle? That can learn it naturally? That can learn it. <laughs> uh, explosion, okay. not self-destruct. There's a difference. For some reason, I thought that that was like a tutor move at some point. Nope.
1: Uh, Maybe in Gen okay, 2. So, uh,
0: I, I'm talking about Gen 7, though. Like We're in Gen 7.
1: Snor- Snorlax is a self-destructor.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that was my first thought, but yeah, probably that, uh, not that. I'm um, trying to think about what other normal types would... Um, Whoa, there's
0: two answers, actually. I just realized I'm an idiot, but there are two answers.
1: Um, so, See, Explosion, they don't tend to give to... Uh, it's a lot of rock types and ground types. Yeah. Or like machine Pokemon. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. Huh. Um,
2: so, I mean, we could go with Snorlax because he just changed it to say, oh, there's two of them now. <laughs> um,
1: I, I just I feel like this is wrong.
2: <laughs> let me think here. Uh, uh, normal
1: types that have explosion one there's only oh, two of them uh, there's two of them i know one of them okay so that was a gimmick with with uh licky licky uh, back in gen 4 tm <laughs> Ooh, nice okay <laughs> <laughs> you know okay good TM. it learned it by tm trademark as well <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay good licky licky and then uh you don't need the other one. This isn't a two. I have a two. Oh, this was just. Not, I thought this was a two. Okay. Partner. No, okay. I, I have a two parter. This was an accidental two parter. Um, <laughs> Let, let's just take let's take licky licky and run then.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That is correct. The other answer is Silvali. Uh, Silvali got it in Gen oh, Seven. Oh, oh yeah. So you oh, don't I have to.
1: brought that last? Like, I fucked with him with that. Oh. yeah.
0: Yeah, but licky licky was the answer I was originally looking for. So that's that is correct. That is. Three points for you guys today. The next question is your double question answer, or your double, your double point question. The bonus point. Uh, So there are two water rock type Pokemon that are not fossils. What are they?
1: Well, one is Uh, (laughs) Relicant. I know that much. I guess So we, we have one point. Yep. Um, Corsola. I mean, it's a living, huh? Corsola. Corsola, a great, a great drink. <laughs> uh, those the, are your answers, right? All right. Uh... Yeah, those are
0: our answers. Yeah, that's correct right. on both accounts. All right. So all now right. we now we have to do the stat move as always. Um, let me let me pull up my list. I, I have a list that I go to now uh, uh, <laughs> because I have to get like interesting, especially with Sublime now memorizing all of them. <laughs> so like I have to I have to get really interesting about it. So we're gonna go we're gonna go with uh defense today. And I want to know what let's see uh let's find a good type. Let's find a good type. Um that would be a bad type to ask. Um Rock. Rock, yeah. What is the only okay, pure ghost type Pokemon with the highest base defense, pure ghost type. Not dual type. Isn't it- just so just ghost. It
1: not Pythagoras?
0: That's what I was gonna say. That's my first thought
1: um what other pure ghosts really are it? there's Miss Magius, but that's definitely wrong uh, I accidentally uh, made this question goodness. easy uh, so. uh, let,
0: let's go let's go with, uh, C- then let, let's go with uh,
1: I don't want to be wrong because I'm so close to seven but uh, let's go with Coregus.
0: That is correct. Uh. <laughs>
1: Uh, I actually don't know what it is for uh dual type.
0: <laughs> for dual type the answer is Aegis slash like it's not, if it's ghost type it's Oh, slash. right. Because, yeah, yeah cuz Aegis slash has base 150. Um it actually is tied with Dewblade, Blade. Fun fact. For base defense, so take that hmm. with the take that for what you will. Base special defense is way lower, but base defense is the same. All right mm-hmm. though. So that is seven or say so yeah, seven points for you guys today. That is the first seven points I've given out in Forever. So good on you guys. Last minute trivia <laughs> right. questions for the win. All right. So we Although are
2: all these points are probably going to go to waste. <laughs> they're all going to go to waste
0: anyway, because Whimsicott's going to win the next time she's on. So exactly, <laughs> uh, we are, we are going to take a short break here guys. And we'll be right back at you with the topic.
1: Hey, Puckalonians. It's Sublime Manic. Can't get enough of your favorite flip-flopping podcast. Then check out our social media. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and YouTube, all from our website, pucklepodcast.com. And you can join our Discord to hang out with your favorite hosts and other Pocalonians. Also, check us out at twitch.tv slash Podcast, And if you have an Amazon Prime account, consider subscribing to our Twitch channel. You can also check us out at YouTube, at youtube slash Podcast, And we also have a Patreon, if you're able to give anything, at patreon.com slash Podcast.
0: And on to the topic. Our topic today is going to be Pokemon Go and how it's changed the face of Pokemon pretty much forever because it, it's just had major implications on the franchise. Something that I don't think we would have guessed if we would have looked back at Pokemon probably somewhere around, I don't know, uh, when did Pokemon Go come out? Like two years ago? So about two years ago. Two years ago, ago, yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't have. We didn't yeah. I don't think we would have come to these conclusions, personally, about Pokemon Go. So I, I do I think it's an interesting way to talk about it just from the perspective of Pokemon Let's Go and uh, I think Let's Go is a symptom of Pokemon Go really doing things. I think another thing that's really interesting that I think people forgot about is that prior to the Switch's success, the Pokemon Company did not believe that the Switch was going to be a successful console, and they were planning to just go mobile hardcore. <laughs> After the Switch was released, uh, or before the Switch's release, so I think that's just interesting because Pokemon Go was obviously successful at that point, and they're just like, you know what? Let's just ditch Nintendo consoles because these guys aren't doing anything right, and let's just uh, let's just go mobile uh, with our game about elephants. That that's a real inside reference if anybody really wants to dig into it. <laughs> I got it. I am.
2: I'm pretty. I'm, reeling, I'm pretty sure which one you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's the one game that Game Freak developed that wasn't Pokemon. They developed a uh, what's it Beyond what's the Florida. name of the game? It's something uh, something something like about elephant. Something the badass elephant. I yeah. not remember the name. It's just an ele- <laughs> it's a game about a badass elephant and that's really all it's about. Low-key though, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was also under the Sega brand, which is really yeah. interesting. It's under the Sega brand. So that's what happens when you have a second-party developer because that's what Game Freak is. They're a second-party developer. They're not a first-party Nintendo developer. Well, maybe they are now. Mm-hmm. At some point, I, I like Nintendo's got to do something to these guys, right? Am um, I misremembering? Didn't they also do a Pocket Card Jockey? Uh, they
1: did that. They did, yes. Back in the 90s, they did Proto Man. And they did, Proto uh, Man.
0: they did recently a game that was on the 3DS that was about rhythm. It was a rhythm game. They did a rhythm game not too long ago. So that's something to mm-hmm. remember as well. They, they do do other games. I doubt they're doing it now, uh, <laughs> especially with them developing Quest, which is super interesting. They were also developing two Pokemon games. They did They did the Let's Go game, which I think is a really smart thing on their part. I said this last week. I think it's incredibly smart for more reasons than I listed last week, but also because they came up with a way to fast develop a Pokemon game. Because we all know it takes like two or three years to come up with a good Pokemon game, a new generation, right? And mm. they were just like, Well, we have a year to do this, and they're just like, Here's this here's this like halfway solution, but it hits a market and this is this is genius, right? I think I think that's the big thing. But I think Pokemon Go has had a really big implication on the franchise as a whole, and it's gonna leave a mark, especially in terms of the type of people that it expanded the Pokemon community to include.
2: That's true. Yeah.
0: I, I think mm-hmm. we've they definitely expanded their market with it, which I think is interesting. And now we can't just let those people not be part of the community forever. I'm I'm relatively
2: active in like uh the Pokemon community, Pokemon Go community where I live, and yeah, it, it seems like the there are a lot of people who are um there are a lot of people who are out there and they're playing and they're really just focused on the Go stuff. They're not focused on anything else. Hardly anyone else talks about the regular games or anything like that. It's just.
0: A very different crowd, yeah. I would say that, and I think if you look at the people who were upset about the Let's Go release, I think those are the people that don't understand the people who don't play it for anything other than Go. Uh, they they get really they get really upset at those people, and they're just like, "You're ruining my Pokemon." But not really. They're just trying to find a new way to embrace those people and bring them fully into the community because you could bring Let's Go into it, and then you could have your regionals and your nationals. And now you found a way outside of having like a cool raid battle outside of bringing that group of people into the Pokemon community. Right. I feel like this is a nice bridge personally, this let's go Pikachu and Mm -hmm. let's go Eevee because you can bring those people in and you can be like, Hey, we're going to have a side event where you can battle each other with your switches in Pokemon. Let's go Eevee and let's go Pikachu. Right.
1: And Mm, that's true.
0: I mean, you can just have side events, and I think that's a good way to enter it. I mean, that's another... They've been doing that for years in terms of people who only care about the Gen 1 games and the Gen 2 games, and they have those on their 3DS. They've been really mm. good about that. So that's... I don't know. That's something that I think is really interesting to talk about. Um, I, I don't know. They're, they're definitely the... I don't want to say forgotten, but they're definitely the people that aren't brought up in conversation when you think about the Pokemon community as a whole. You don't see a mm-hmm. lot... I, I feel like it's almost its own separate community which I think Pokemon notices and Nintendo has noticed and they're trying to find a way to bring them together so that you can have one big giant fan base and then you get cooler parties, guys. Like, that's the whole point.
1: (laughs) You just get cooler parties. I think a lot of the fear comes in with people who aren't super into Pokemon Go and they're like, I don't want my thing to change. Yeah, I can see And so every time it's like, the the let's go, it's like, oh, but I, I love these mechanics. I don't want to see all of this... This added, they don't want to have what they love taken away. I, I it's a lot of what I when I see people like lashing out at like the oh this is the terrible idea, they're just pandering to the, the casuals or whatever. They are really what I see is a bunch of people who are like, I love my thing, please do not take it away from me. And I don't think Pokemon will.
0: No, absolutely not. I think, think that they were very smart about the way they announced everything. They were very clear that there was another game coming out in twenty nineteen when they announced let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee. They said, these games are happening, but we're coming out with a core experience next year. And that, that's mm-hmm. the thing, because they did it before they even went into details about Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. They were just like, hey, here's the experience. We're just going to move forward
1: with it.
2: And what I think also, like it may be hard to see it like in the short term, but in the long term, I think this is better for the core series of games because Mm -hmm. now there's not the pressure to get a core game out every year. Uh, I'd be perfectly happy with if we alternate, uh, let's go titles and main series titles for infinity. Uh, I mean, it hits both fan bases, uh, and it gives more time to make just better solid quality games, you know, for the people who want it. I mean, let's face it folks. Um, Ultra Sun Ultra Moon was pushed out the door. Oh, it was garbage, uh, man! It was hot, hot I mean, garbage. Well, well, it's either like you can think of it one or two ways. Like you could either say like Ultra Sun Ultra Moon was a good game, and that's the game that we should have gotten in the first place, mm-hmm. or Summit Moon was pushed out faster than it should have been, and that one was, you know. Uh, each, uh, if we would have just gotten Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, I think everyone would have been good. Like, yeah, this is a good Gens This is a new good Gen Seven game. Uh, but with trying to get these two back to back, like
0: it kind of watered down the whole experience. I thought you're you're not wrong. I think you're exactly right because those we we've been so untrained from the whole idea of a third version of the game for the past. I guess I think it's since 2009, that was the last time we got platinum. That was the last time we got a third version. And we're, we expect something different at this point. Our expectations are different. It's been nine years. Well, I guess when we got it, it had been eight years since we had seen a proper third version game. Here in the U.S., it's even longer in Japan. And mm-hmm. that's something I think they kind of overlooked in terms of, hey, we're putting out a new Pokemon game. Uh, what I, I do like your idea of like repeating them. I think what we're going to see more, though, is because we've had this pattern of we get two Pokemon games, then a gap year, two Pokemon games, then a gap year. I think we're going to continue to see two Pokemon games. And instead of a gap year, though, we're going to get a Let's Go game. I think that's I think that's how it's going yeah. to go. And we're going to get a Pokemon quote-unquote annual release. Uh, that's the way I think it's going to go. And I think that's a smart direction to go.
1: Yeah, we get a franchise drop even if we don't get a series drop. And that's that tends to be more healthy for for things moving forward. I think, I think so. Pokemon Go... I was going to say, I think Pokemon Go has forever changed how pokemon will be marketed and how certain things will be developed maybe but i don't Mm -hmm. think it's forever changed how pokemon will be played i I don't think we're i don't think it's going to i don't think mechanics are going to start to be tied i don't think we're going to lose complexity i think what it has done is given them a very different strategy for how to engage with the public and how to engage their developers just spending time
0: yeah, I think I think that's exactly true. I think they found a really healthy way to one appease the people that get really upset when there's a gap year. I I mean, if you think back to 20, I want to say 2015, because that was the year that was the last year we hadn't had a Pokemon game. It was 2015, and if you look back at that, there was a lot of upset and outrage. One it's because
1: was podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you know, when you when you go 50 some weeks without a game announcement, it kind of hurts. Okay. Uh, and you're doing a weekly show it just kind of hurts your soul on the inside uh and so, but we were going but something like that i think will definitely help out this franchise in general also just being more predictable i think really helps them out they've been doing they've since 2013 i think they've been trying to do a good job of becoming a more predictable franchise in terms of their releases and i think this is kind of the final step into that frontier and being like okay people know what we're going to give them and they know what we're going to give it to them I don't need Pokemon to be revolutionary. Honestly, you could just you could honestly just give me a game that's exactly like what we just got with a different story, with a few new Pokemon, and I'd honestly be happy. That's all I need. I don't need any new mechanics. I don't need Z Move Plus and or Mega Mega Evolution or whatever their next new mechanic is. Um, I I hope they're done with mechanics honestly because I, I that's just gonna further convolute the game.
2: When they don't bring those mechanics back, <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Uh-huh. Or like, like how in competitive right now, it's you get your Z move and your Mega. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I can just. It's just gonna be because I'm really not looking forward to the 2019 rules for VGC, because if you look at that, we're just creating more and more OP Pokemon for that format in general. Because the the problem is Mega Ray Ray is gonna be nuts always to play against, and I this is because one, it's Mega Ray Ray. Um, it's got based at total of 780. It's not holding an item, and so that was before. Before that was like, okay, this is a little, this is a little ridiculous. But now, an item, mm-hmm. instead of holding like Focus Sash or something, it's gonna hold a Z Crystal. Like, it can't you, you want a it Mega? Can't. You want a Mega running a Z move? It can't.
1: It can't. <laughs> Are you kidding me? How am I not? I'm pretty sure Mega Rayquaza cannot use a Z move. I yeah, do because not because it's. It. Because no.
2: uh, it's the same button to use the Z move and the Mega Stone or the Mega Evolve,
1: and I don't believe it that. keeps that button grayed out. No, really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm Let's pretty sure I've that out. I've happened. played enough. Anything goes. It, 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 you can't. Let you me can't find out.
0: Uh, let me. I'm gonna find out. You guys keep talking. I'm. I'm investigating. But, but still, the fact that uh, the fact that Mega Mega Rayquaza, um,
2: the fact that Mega Rayquaza is going to be. Um, Available, I mean, huge base debt total, it can, it Mega Evolves, and it gets to hold an item that's not the Z-Crystal, but, uh, there are so many, like, uh, I remember I did a little bit of VGC when Mega Rayquaza was available, was like, okay, I'll use Xerneas, Xerneas will take it out. Nope, focus, Ash.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, you guys but, are correct, are we- by the way, uh, the Z-Crystal <laughs> cannot be held by Mega Rayquaza. Thank God, and this person agrees with me. Thankfully, Game Freak had enough common sense to not allow Mega Rayquaza to be able to use Z moves.
2: <laughs> but,
0: but with that being said, though, you're probably correct that you're also going to get Ultra Necrozma out there, which is essentially a Mega with a Z move. Yeah, with the Z <laughs> Yeah. With with the Z-moves. Z-moves, yeah. <laughs> also, it gets Photon Geyser, which is the biggest piece of garbage in the world. Like I, I say this as a person who <laughs> plays Ubers with. I play Ubers with Ultra Necrozma because Photon Geyser, for those of you who are uninitiated in any kind of... Or even in the Uber scene, you're not very familiar with Photon Geyser because, come on, why are you using that? You're not playing with Necrozma or anything, right? If you use something like Swords Dance you, and you see Photon Geyser a special move, you're like, well, Swords Dance isn't going to help it. Fun fact, Photon Geyser just uses whatever stat is higher, attack or special attack, and uses that stat as if it were spe- and deals special damage still. So, you can use Swords Dance... And still get that, and you can have access to Earthquake. You can have access to whatever other move you want Sunsteel Strike. You can just have that for fun. It's, hey, it's that, just... that's
2: gonna know that that move works that way because I'm going up against uh, Dennis uh, this week <laughs>
0: for, for PDL. Well, so it's <laughs> guess, he has regular yeah. Necrozma, thank god. Um, yeah, and yeah, but
1: he can't, he can't ultra, but
0: he can't can ultra. It, it, he no. does get it, does get Photon Geyser. Um, but yeah. typically on an actual regular Necrozma, this is going a little bit off topic, but a regular Necrozma will not use, uh, will not have a, uh, what's it called? Will not have a... Uh,
1: Photon Geyser. Five
0: Photon Geyser. You don't run it. It's not that good on Necrozma. You might as well just run Psychic.
1: Fair enough. I, I'll say this about, and just to kill the discussion on adding mechanics, adding mechanics gets hyper complicated, not necessarily better. It doesn't get more fun, it just gets harder to learn. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good point. Not about Pokemon Go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does get I I don't I hope we don't see in Gen 8 like another mechanic. I'd be okay with them. What I think would be a really interesting way for them to do it is to just keep playing on the Alolan form mechanic, the regional variant mechanic. I think that's I think that gives them a lifetime of stuff to play with because what they can do is they can go to Gen 8 and they go, oh, well, in this region, all of the Gen Two Pokemon have something different about them. You know, I think mm. that would be something interesting they could go with, because you can get, you know, w- we can call this form Italy, and then you get like Italy form Lantern and <laughs> stuff like that. Belaza, you know? let's say. Yeah, Blazer, Blazer. Yeah, yeah. Ex- <laughs> I doubt Galade, <laughs> but like Spoilers. I would say something Gen Two like Lantern is is open to uh, something Marip? like that. Mareep would be open yeah, for Marip. that man it'd be really cool to see a new regional variant on Mareep. that would be down i'd be down for that yeah. like a fairy type or yep. something Mareep, that'd be really cool
1: well i was thinking make it normal steel and then uh have it be a steel wool
2: mm.
1: there you go
2: give that'd it something more aggressive that'd be fun too but i um, think that would be really cool yeah yeah, and it's I don't know. It's interesting uh, because like I wonder how the Pokemon Go community will will do this because again, the Pokemon Go community though kind of sort of f- focusing it back on the main topic. Mm-hmm. They're used to playing games primarily on their phones, not necessarily on a dedicated console, and they're also uh, used to having two moves
1: and they tap those moves. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So and I, Let's Go will be a good bridge, I think, because it has the the turn based and it has the the four moves kind of exactly.
0: Thing. I think what we're going to see here is you're going to see the epitome of the PVP and the go community right here. You're not going to have, uh, so I don't expect a majority of go players to switch. If they do go and buy a switch, uh, if they, if 50% of the go community goes and buys a switch to play, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee, I'll blow, it'll blow my mind, but I'm not saying it's impossible. It I just most, don't, I don't expect it. It would be
1: the best selling console ever.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: It, it would be the best selling console ever. I expect something
0: like 10%, you know? 10% of the Go players that don't already have one to go out and buy one. And that's... That's still significant. That's
1: several hundred thousand people.
0: Yes, I I do. Which is not saying it's impossible. It's
1: just a lot.
0: I I think that's what I expect. It could be more. But I could see it being one of those things, like if you have an EX Raid Pass, you're going to see people with their Switches playing Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. And... Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things you'll notice, even on community days... You'll see Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee being played as well, because it's going to be the way you get your PvP in Pokemon Go. People are always asking, how are we going to do PvP? Well, you know how we're going to do it? You know why we haven't had it for a while? Because Nintendo said we couldn't because they're going to develop a game that solves this problem. Um, Here's Pokemon Stadium for Pokemon Go, and it's called Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. So I, I, I honestly see something like that. I think it also, it hits a more specific market than just all of the Pokemon Go crowd as well, I think just because you're hitting the pokemon go crowd that came back because gen 1 and because mm-hmm. let's go pikachu let's go eevee only has gen 1 pokemon you can't evolve your golbat these are these are the problems that i hate and <laughs> and that 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 pisses me off a little bit <laughs> i'm not going to lie i <laughs> i really hate when they did that in leaf green and fire red i thought that was the worst mechanic they could have possibly done is just prevent me from evolving into a Crobat that we all knew existed at this point. I I like I wish they would have fixed it by doing like a uh, a Gen 1 Plus. Like you get all the Gen 1 Pokemon and their evolutions. Yes, that's the way I think I mean, they should have handled it. But then the problem is you get stuff that hasn't come out in Pokemon Go yet by then Yeah. Because there's a lot of Gen 4 stuff that you have to worry about. By a lot, I mean like Tangrowth and Licky Licky. And munchlax, I guess, and, technically. And
2: again, well, that's fine, though, because there's there's not really a whole lot of commu- communication for these games back to Pokemon Go. That sounds right. Yeah, I do believe that. It's Pokemon Go to the console, and there's just that one new Pokemon that's a gift that uh, they've shown goes back to Go.
0: Yeah, Other I don't know. That, it, they haven't had much good uh, explanation. We'll probably get something more at E3 this week. I think we'll hear something yeah, more ex- about that. At least get a definitive answer. Hey, can you go back from Let's Go Pikachu to Go? Because they haven't given a definitive
1: answer on that yet. I would be shocked if you could. Because it would be the easiest way to crack the fair play that is kind of how Pokemon Go is.
0: I would argue otherwise. I would argue at this point... Well, I mean, if I go to
1: Victory Road and catch a million Onix, I can eventually get a perfect Onix and then send it up. It's going to be a lot easier than wandering around my streets praying that i get something with over a, a 10 iv so
0: mm-hmm. i i would argue that it would have to do, this is definitely more to hit so if it does go back to go i think restricting it to gen one pokemon is a smart move and let's go pikachu and let's go eevee because pokemon go has been out by by the time this let's go pikachu and let's go eevee come out it'll be out for two and a half years by then we're probably going to start to hit gen four in pokemon go release and yeah th- It's just getting to a point there's too many Pokemon. So how do you remedy that for a person who just jumps into Pokemon Go? Well, you have Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. It makes it easier for you to get those Gen 1 Pokemon that you, quote unquote, missed out on. They just did that Kanto event not too long ago. Um, Yeah. But I think this is another way to answer that problem is to say, oh, hey you have Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, you can get the Gen 1 Pokemon, and you do that. And if you come out with a game once every three years, you found a really healthy solution, I think, to hitting
1: Pokemon that you didn't have a chance to hit. So I that's, that's the way I see it. I see other possibilities. I could go on for a long amount of time what Pokemon Go could do to make this more fun, but I don't think that would be a particularly fun conversation. <laughs> to <get into. laughs> Going over the possible ways they could be like, hey, you missed Gen 2, wait, here you go, bucko. <laughs> but, uh, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. It's... I do have faith that people are paid more than I am to actually come up with workable solutions. Uh, so... Welcome
0: to the real world. That's probably not true. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I'm so sad.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good place to stop, I think. So we are going to take a short break here, guys. Go to the commercial, and we'll be right back at you with the Pokemon of the episode. We will catch you on the flip flop.
1: And
2: last time on Dedenes of Our Lives, Ivy store was still trying to find out who the father of her child was.
1: Ivysaur! Ivy, Ivy, Ivysaur!
2: She knew that it could be Charmeleon's son, but they'd also had an affair
1: with Chansey. Charmeleon! Chansey, Chansey! And meanwhile, Meowstick and Buniri were seeing each other.
2: Behind Gallade's back join us for the fist-clenching, heart-wrenching season finale of Des De
0: of Argunflies. Poke of the episode. And welcome back to the Pokemon of the Episode. Our Pokemon of the Episode this week is National Dex number 563, Cofagrigus, the coffin Pokemon. The Pokemon Black 2, White 2 Pokedex entries say Grave robbers who
2: mistake them for real coffins and get too close end up trapped inside their bodies.
0: Ooh. Yeah, no, this is. Cofagrigus is like super spooky. All the ghost type Pokemon are super spooky. So that should be noted. All all ghost type Pokemon are super uh, spooky, but he has a base stat total of 483, not that great. However, 145 base defense with 105 special defense with a 95 special attack, followed up with everything else that is pure garbage: 50 attack, <laughs> 58 HP, and 30 speed. But he's an all right Pokemon. You know, it, I'm I'm see, honestly it surprised. Just a little
2: more just a little more hp then i mean you're talking about just like a really solid wall all around
0: yeah mm-hmm. so i'm really amazed right now it, it's in nubl so it's essentially ru but it's the bottom of ru my guess is that it's due to usage mostly because it used to be in gen 6 a pokemon that was ou capable so that means it's UU-capable today. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but Kothik was actually pretty decent. You could run a defensive variant, uh, something like Willow, Shadow Ball, or Hex. Probably Hex, because then you get the max out of that uh, Willow damage. And then you could do Pain Split. Um, then he has access to Haze, Knock Off, Toxic Spikes. These are all really good moves. 252 HP, 252 Defense. Uh, this is the way I still like to do it with Leftovers. However, there is another way that I think is really fun to r- run it in Gen 7 which is to run Z-Haze. So you run ICM-Z because Z-Haze not only reduce, resets the stats, but it also gives you another full health bar, which for something like Kofagrigus with a base HP of 58, uh, that's something that can be really useful, just getting some more reliable health recovery, essentially getting yourself a full recover.
2: Yeah, one, once you're done uh, whittling down its health, then you have to do it all again.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really... Kofagrigus is a nice bulky mod. It's really hard to be get around. So it's just something to think about. I, I honestly am really amazed that he's not used more right now because I think the only sets that Smoke on lists right now for his for like using him are, are Trick Room variants. And while he does work all right in Trick Room, go get something else. Like just also these are like horrible abilities, but he doesn't need <laughs> to do Trick Room. He can definitely get away with something more defensive and just be a bulky wall. I think oh, yeah, exactly. get, I think it would get away with it in UU, uh, outside of something like maybe Gengar coming up against it. But that's, that's every Pokemon. Every Pokemon has another Pokemon that beats it. So you just remove like the, That's how you play Pokemon competitively. You remove one Pokemon that stops one Pokemon from working really well. And then you use the one Pokemon that works really well.
1: So that, that's part what, of you what do. part of what's interesting um, is its signature ability in mummy. Yeah, because that's, what I like about mummy is it basically you take an ability that does absolutely nothing for you, predicated on the knowledge that it's probably going to be much worse for them. Yeah, absolutely. It, you don't, you don't survive anything that you would not have survived because of mummy, unless you like remove Scrappy. Uh, but really, what it does, it's like, hey, look, your uh, Mega Medicham, it's useless. Mm-hmm. Your your Mega can't hit me now. You, you chip away at what they can do. And as a design principle, I'm fascinated. It's an interesting ability.
0: It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, the, it's the ability that keeps on giving too. So that's uh, that's something else to think about. Because you could, if once you get a mummy on yourself, if you're not Kofagrigus, you can just continue passing it around, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> it, it, if you're using Kofagrigus, it's something to think about because mummy can just get passed <laughs> on to you. <laughs> and you can end up doing the same thing to you because maybe you're just about to go down and then your opponent grabs mummy from you and yeah, it sucks for them, but they can you can bring in your sweeper, your mega medicham, your low pony, and get your ability changed as well. So just just something to think about. He does get some awesome moves that I'm really surprised aren't used more. The one that I think is really surprising, uh I've only seen this used once on Klefki, is Crafty Shield. He gets access to this. I didn't know that. It's only really usable for <laughs> It's really only usable in double battles, in my opinion, but Crafty Shield just protects the user and allies from status moves. It's essentially wide guard, but for status moves, which I think is really interesting. It's a cool move, and it's something that you wouldn't expect, and especially in VGC now, where the meta's kind of slowing down until 2019 hits, and then we're just like four turns away from a game ending every single day because we're just using alternate Krasna. but
1: Just praying.
0: Yeah, he, he doesn't get... Like, his move pool isn't super deep, so that, that's part of the things I get to him. But the moves that he does get, I think, are a really interesting combination of moves. He also gets it Iron gets Defense. He gets Toxic Spikes. You no, know, he's he's a really good defensive mod, and I think that's how you should capitalize on him. I don't think Trick Room Sweeper mm. is the way to do it. Looking at you, Smogon. It
1: does have... It does have Nasty Plot, which I guess... But, like, it has a 95 base, which is already... Like it's not a sweeper, but it's reasonable. Uh, after a nasty, a nasty plot, plot after that's a really gonna sting.
0: Yeah, after a nasty plot, it's essentially like a plus one special sweeper anywhere else, in my opinion. And so it definitely—it's I mean,
1: it's not terrible. But you got a trick room, then you got a nasty plot, a nasty plot, and then trick room, and you're already two turns before you can mm-hmm. do anything. It's
0: really slow. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't like that strategy. I don't like the idea. I'd much rather run it, like I said as a defensive Pokemon. This is me personally. Somebody else might be like, well, that you could run it like this. And I tell them that's fine. That's your play style. My play style would be played defensively. Uh, I am mm-hmm. not the, the only Pokemon I can see effective. Th- this is all in terms of singles, by the way. You can maybe effectively use Trick Room in something like VGC. But
1: mm-hmm. in,
0: in terms of singles, I the only Pokemon I've ever played with Trick Room personally is Magearna. And that's just because Magearna plays really well into the Trick Room uh, strategy. Because you just set up your own trick room, and then it just just kind of keeps running itself. Um, same.
1: Oh, I, uh, I, I I've
0: lied. I've ran two Pokemon stack attacker um, with trick room. Stack attacker well. is
1: yeah. my fa- that's my one of my favorite sets of all time.
0: I think he's super cheesy, uh, but if you're gonna run seriously competitive, I would say Makirna. If you want to be cheesy, I would say Stack Attacker. Yeah.
1: It's it's a fun it's fun. Yeah. uh, uh oh, no, should, no. Go for it. There are a lot of weird bits of trivia about Cophagreus. Okay. (laughs) Like, just. uh, First off, no Pokemon has the same egg group combination, Hmm. uh, with it having mineral and amorphous. Uh, Usually, things tend to be in one and nothing else, or like one and like a water group. Uh, (laughs) Nothing shares (laughs) that. And uh, previously, it was impossible to trade a Cophagreus. That wasn't nicknamed o- over the internet because yes. of the uh, sensor I, uh, bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which <laughs> y- you'd think someone would have seen that one coming. Yep. But they didn't. And for all of uh all of Gen Five it couldn't it couldn't happen. Yep. Uh
0: so configure <laughs> could... they
1: fixed uh Sharpedo.
0: <laughs> yeah, they did fix that one. <laughs> okay, uh, good. <laughs> yeah. So Kafka Grigas hasn't had a TCG card in quite a while. I, was like, uh, I just
2: looked those up myself. Yeah, they're they're playable and
0: expanded, but not in. Uh, they only uh, made Gen Five cards, Cofag- I can't believe they've only made Gen Five Kafka Grigas cards. By the way, that blows my mind. Yeah, I know that they, they haven't. They, there wasn't even one in Gen Six. I could have swore there was at least one, but let's talk about the most recent one. It's probably garbage. I haven't looked at it yet. Uh, 100 HP psychic type, obviously, because it's it's ghost type in the TCG. Uh, for one colorless da- energy, he does elongating arm. This attack does 31 damage to one of your opponent's Pokemon. Bleh. Uh, you have Tapu Koko, who does way yeah. better than that right now. And then you have crazy slap, which is 40 times for a psychic and a double colorless. So I can already tell you this is going to be awful. Because you have to <laughs> you have to flip four coins and the attack is 40 damage times the number of heads. Flipping coins yeah. for moves is awful. So I'm going to say that Kofagrigus is really bad. This is from Plasma Freeze. For those of you who are yeah. like, well, now I'm going to build a deck around it, Thatch. And I go, have fun. <laughs> it's just not going to work. There was another Plasma Freeze one as well. There were two in Plasma Freeze. That's really interesting.
1: Um, I would have. I mean, like, if you want to play the E-Honda strategy, you can. Just a lot of crazy slapping. (laughs) I don't think it's going to (laughs) work. Yeah, it's just not very good. You'll high roll one match.
0: It's not very good. You need better cards to make it better. um, Because the other one isn't very good either. The only thing it has going for it is this ability. That one, it's knocked out. You can put three damage counters on an opponent's Pokemon. But we have Bursting Balloon, which I guess is going to go out after this rotation. And Bursting Balloon just puts six damage counters, even if you just get attacked. So... (laughs) I feel yeah, like...
2: and then even the even the attack on there isn't a very good one either. No,
0: it's another slap. It's a slap of misfortune. <laughs> if you, for if seven you have damage.
1: to lose to do anything good, you suck.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's just not it's not a good card. It's already a stage one, so I just wouldn't suggest it whatsoever. Uh, but that is that is Coffee for you guys. It is a Pokemon. Um, I still think it's a really good one. You could probably get away with it in UU. So definitely give it a shot if you can. We're going to be talking about you on the next Battlecast, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, I don't think coffee Grigos will make it, but we, we do have some stuff ready for Battlecast this month.
2: Oh, uh, on that so go, note... Yeah, um... Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to throw out a quick plug here. Um, as some of you may know, I uh, do another podcast called Pokemon Rollout. It's a, a real play uh, um, Pokemon Tabletop United game. And in a forthcoming episode sometime, not exactly sure when, but in a forthcoming episode, there will be a Cofagrigus showing up. So uh, keep an eye out for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that is going to be it for the Pokemon of the episode. We are going to kick it on over and change gears to the mailbag.
2: for the mailbag. You mail. Sending your emails. You got mail. The mail's here. You got mail. Check your inbox. You it's time for the mailbag. Mail.
0: Mail. And welcome to the mailbag. As always, it is brought to you by the energy drink. Green Taurus, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves. Nice and delayed, as always. And as (laughs) always, we are going to go ahead and uh, read listener emails. If you're new to the show, this is the segment where we read those. Uh, You can send in your emails to Puckupodcasts at gmail.com. We typically have a question. We wanted to know what your thoughts were on Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee were today. We're probably just going to keep that going. (laughs) But... I do want to know, uh, this week, if you want to send one in to Gmail.com, you can do one with the prompt of, how do you think Pokemon Go is shaping the community? Is it for the better? Is it for worst? Do you like it? Do you hate it? What are your thoughts? Let us know by sending an email to gmail.com, and we'll probably read it on the show. Our bar's pretty low. So we're going to go ahead and uh, jump into these emails, though. The first one is from Cleary. Hey, what's up, Puckle peeps? It's Cleary. So I watched the reveal as it happened on Twitter and was astonished by the trailer for Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. They look fantastic graphically and pretty much what I expected as Game Freak's first steps into HD-ified Pokemon game. I will say the Go mechanics that were brought over did worry me initially, but I've pretty much come to terms with the fact that this isn't the Pokemon game that was made for me. That's coming next year. Co-op looks fun. Being restricted to only throwing Pokeballs at Wild Pokemon is not something I'm looking forward to doing. Especially with the likes of Mewtwo and the birds. Oh man, I did see that with my wife. I'm oh. um, just like I'm like, wow, this is gonna be so anticlimactic. You're just gonna throw a Pokeball at Mewtwo, and it's gonna be like, oh, this was that was a thing. I wonder. I wonder if they'll come up with
2: a different way to handle that. Just because, yeah, it it, it would be for the legendaries. Maybe there'll be something like you'll have to something else, something different. I don't know, but it's
1: yeah. what, like the last course in Pokemon Snap where it was mm-hmm. like a whole thing to try to get a picture of you. You had to like throw the pester balls. And...
0: I imagine it more being like a quote unquote raid and you do have to battle it, but you have to beat it. And then at the end you get the chance to capture it. That's the way yeah, I, would would I would see it. I think, I think that's an that easy one, yes. solution. That would make
2: a lot of sense actually uh, to, if they're parallel and go that, the, so like, the only battles you have would be against those Pokemon.
0: Exactly. Uh, all right uh, co-op looks fun being restricted to only throwing pokeball I, and i think pokemon natural being naturally displayed in the overworld is a nice feature taken from go but i probably won't want it in gen 8 but that pokeball plus accessory count me in Pokewalker 2.0 baby uh, if more, you can get one if you can get well just <laughs> wait you'll be able to get one it's gonna be like, like the go plus just wait like six months and then you'll get one
2: yeah um, i still will be pretty rare. but yeah they have been More more, the Go pluses have been more readily available, but I think if you're looking to get one at launch, good luck!
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you're going to get one at launch. More interesting to me is the comments made by Ishihara on Famitsu regarding the 2019 game, as it will have better graphics than any other Pokemon game, including Let's Go, aimed at experienced fans, not like Let's Go Pokemon and Let's Go Eevee or Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, and contain a bunch of new Pokemon. All sound promising. Later, Puckle Crew. Cleary, this is true. I agree with all of that. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. Um, all right. So our next one is from Carl. All
2: right. I got this one. Hey, Thatch and crew. I love the show and I look forward to it every week. When all the rumors uh, about Let's Go come out, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit nervous as I just recently have gotten into VGC and other formats on Showdown. I was naturally worried about what a more po- uh, PokeGo style game would mean for that. Even after finding out that Gen Eight was still going to be a thing, I wasn't overly excited for this game. That was until my fiance watched the trailer over my shoulder and said she would love to play through the game with me in multiplayer. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, like, um, this is snag talking now. Like, being able to play with other people and like kind of get them into the series is like fantastic. It's an awesome way to uh, to approach it. So I'm I'm ex- excited to do that with my kids and maybe my wife. We'll see if Doctor O'Donnell can get into it too. <laughs>
1: This is literally the <laughs> definition of a gateway drug. Like, exactly. Right here,
0: this is the gateway drug.
1: This um, game would have been huge when I was a kid because it would have let me play with my little sister. Mm-hmm. And that, that was something that we wanted to do, but there was not a lot of things that we really had. We had like Melee, but it was competitive. So th- this would, I'm excited to see what this does for other people.
2: Uh, back back into the email. Um, so Carl says uh, she isn't really uh, that nerdy, but two weeks after Pokemon Go came out, uh, she uh, came out. Oh, she, he forgot the word had. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, You see, she's really that nerdy, but two weeks after Pokemon Go came out, she had three seizures and had to quit working, so us being in our early 20s with no savings became quite strapped for cash. This caused us to play Go a lot since it was free, and she she really likes it, and is actually a higher level than me now. I've tried ever since Sun and Moon to get her to play a more traditional-style Pokemon game, and she always refused until now. I'm sorry for such such a long-winded email. It really isn't, uh, but I want to, uh, I just want to remind all of you that have been playing for years that just because there's a new Pokemon game doesn't made it mean it was made just for you. Keep up the good work, Carl.
0: Yeah, no. As long as the word count's like under 500, I would not be worried about your email. Uh, it's when it re- reaches like 16 to 30 thousand words, um, 1600 to 3000 words. That's where it gets an issue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no Car- Carl you bring up some good points and uh made this as well. This game isn't necessarily made for us and we have said that a few times. Mm-hmm. But it is that way to get the other people into like what the real games are would be and like kind of like Lenny said it is the gateway drug. It's to get uh people to play and if anything it's just even if it doesn't get them into bigger
0: things, it does get them into the core series a little bit. So Say mainline. I feel like we're I feel like the community's gotta develop a different definition for mainline and for core. I feel like I feel like there's something You're that's right, mainline. <laughs> I would call this mainline, yeah. but I would not call it core. If that You're makes right. sense. Because that does make sense, yeah. It, it doesn't have the core mechanics, but it has the mainline concept. That, that that's that's how I'll say it. Those are the words. All it, right.
1: It bridges that gap.
0: Yeah. So we have, uh, we have one more from 10 little men. All 10 of them sent in one email.
1: And just each of them, they're so little, they each took a key, just jumping up and down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's how I imagine it. And uh, <laughs> that's how I got it. Bonjour, Thatch, and his très magnifique co-hosts. You're in Vancouver. Yeah, hey, little from- men, <laughs> to answer this week's mailbag question. Well, actually, I lied. Honestly, I don't have a strong opinion of Pokemon Let's Go, so I'm just going to go off topic instead. I have been playing a bundle of Nuzlocke, Nuzlocke's, and it's brought some critical points to my attention. I want to bring up the topic of rivals. Five Bucks says he's going to rag on how. I finished up a crystal Nuzlocke, and it reminded me that Gen 2 has the best rival. And my current Platinum playthrough has reminded me that Gen 4 Rival makes X and Y Rivals look great in comparison. It's like they took the worst parts of Howe, multiplied them by 10, and got rid of all of Howe's redeeming features. Wow, I lost money. And yes, <laughs> Howe does have some redeeming features. He gets a bad rap, but I think that's because the protagonist is the rival. The protagonist, is becoming, the protagonist becoming the rival makes sense when you stop and think about it. Beating Butthead... In RBY, it feels great because of his snarky attitude, but it makes sense for him to be so ahead of you all the time when you are literally the best. Uh, it makes no sense, rather, for him to be so ahead of you all the time when you are literally the best trainer ever. One last short point I never really thought I would say I kind of miss HMs. They bring utility to Pokemon that I would otherwise never use, and that's neat. Personally, I think X and Y handled HMs almost perfectly, but how do all of you feel about them? This is starting to get way too long, so i will save the rest for another week. 20 unforgettable flip-flops. 10 little men. We'll smell you later. So, So, HMs. (laughs) I don't miss them. I don't miss them.
0: I don't think Think anybody... I've played... I can see it as a great story mechanic, and it's a little bit better than somebody coming up to me at a certain point during Sun and Moon and being like, well, now you can use this ride, Pokemon. I, I would like something to be more of a wall in front of me, like, oh, I need to get the badge and get the HM to be able to move on to this next part of the story. I do like that, the kind of quest it pushes. They are... In Sun and Moon, they were being very hand-holdy, and like we talked about last show, I really hope that let the Let's Go franchise allows us to get less hand-holdy, and see if they can do something else with the Ride Pokemon feature. We can get HMs and stuff like that, or something that's better than that, but still have the kind of story that HMs allowed for. See, I think... Uh,
2: uh see here here's my thought on HMs. Uh so when he says X and I X and Y handled HMs perfectly, basically you don't need an HM to traverse through the regular part of the game, but like to go to like some of the secret spots, that's when you need those HMs. Untrue. And I think that is kind of
0: Untrue. <laughs> In X and Y you did need Surf. You did need it. Okay,
2: but but Surf is actually a good move though.
1: <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and you're very likely to have something with Surf.
2: So okay, so but in a limited fashion, you need those HM. So that could almost be like your second playthrough. You have five Pokemon, and then your uh, your HM helper, which I I I appreciate that as well. I think that's that's a, a good way to to do it. Um, I do think ride Pokemon are, are a little bit. Um, like hand holding, it's like here is a Pokemon for you to use. But instead of doing that, why don't they make it uh, the type of thing like, oh, uh, you know, people on this island catch this Pokemon to do this type of ride. Why don't you do that too? And almost make it where like it is your Pokemon that you are using, your Pokemon that you are calling from your um, your Pokemon caller, yeah, your ride pager. And so that way, it makes it like an in-game thing, and it's still your Pokemon that's doing it. It's just not taking up a slot in your team.
1: I, I
0: think, think you come I to some problems down. with that. I feel like there you come to some problems. <clears throat> just because you can hit a few things with that. Really, I, I don't know. Like One, you have to design the Pokemon around what's on the island. And it's typically base-level Pokemon. And if you look at the right Pokemon that we have, we have Charizard, Machamp. Um, Tauros is an exception to that. but Then you have Lapras, which is typically
1: pretty rare. Sharpedo and Evolve well, I mean, Pokemon. You can just handle it like... You can handle it like, hey, look, there's this. There are these Charizards on this mountain, and you go up, and they're not just like there in the wild grass. Mm. It's a special scripted encounter. I yeah.
0: can, I, I, I would prefer it to be like Totem Pokemon or something. You bring it in that, and then you defeat yeah. it, and then it's willing to help you.
1: Yeah, oh, that's yeah, good. Get the problem with presentation, not mechanic. Uh, yeah. I do not like having a slot of my party that's basically dedicated to not fighting. Mm. Uh, well, here, here's the other. The to make it very much your journey and these are your Pokemon these are your team like the, X, the XP share means that even if you know I've got a bunch of water types and I'm going through a grass infested area so they can't really soak up this experience they're not forgotten it, it's less about the journey and it's more about how you want to interact with it and I don't want that to go away by you know forcing you to carry strength or to, to surf, even if it's just once or twice, I so, think that there's there's a middle point where we can I think the presentation of Ride Pokemon was where it failed, not its execution.
2: So here, here's my one last thought about HMs. Like I said, Surf was like the perfect HM. You said okay, yeah, you needed to have Surf, but Surf was a good, viable move to have on a Pokemon. Why don't you make that for all of the moves? And instead of cut, you get slash. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of uh, strength, you get something else. But basically, you make these useful uh, attacks, maybe vary up the types a
0: little bit, so that they're attacks that you don't mind having on your Pokemon. That's a really good point. Well, I think you could do something like that, just because the when the HMs were first made, it was in Gen 1, and Gen 1 inherently had a lot of problems. And so something like, I think mm, if you... No. So there were, there were, just, yeah, don't right. do not bad bad talk,
2: Gen 1. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's
0: perfect.
1: There's no problem with it. Yeah, there's no no no
0: bugs, no problems, no imbalanced features or anything. It's fine. No uh, bug. You can't just no like no do, no doing.
2: It. Yeah, no bug attacks attacking psychic Pokemon. No
0: bugs at all. Exactly. And so you have, uh, but the uh, then you have you have cut, strength, flash. All these are normal type moves that are garbage. Um, fly is almost all right if it wasn't a two turn move. And then you have Surf, which we all say is good. And the problem is they never kind of, like, refilled it with good moves ever, except for Waterfall. (laughs) And And, you just need a good move. You need a good move. You need, like, make Strength the Fighting-type move. And then I think everybody would be happy, right? Yeah. And and part of it's like,
1: I don't want a bird Pokemon all the time, but I need one because I need to fly. I don't... There have been teams I've made that don't have a surf capable. I just want to use these Pokemon, but I can't because I need, going through X and Y, it was awful because I was like, oh, I need to fly. I don't like any of these birds. I guess mm-hmm. I have to use them. And that's not fun. That was, it, it was basically a slog with me having to figure out what cool thing I was not going to get to use because I needed convenient travel.
2: Yep. I say, to, to be fair, you don't have to use fly, I don't think in any of the games.
1: You can just, like I said, slog through on foot. <laughs> yeah, but you need waterfall or you'll need surf. Especially yeah. waterfall, that comes at the end of the game. So who which party member is not going to get to go into Victory Road and soak up all of that critical experience? You, you get to play that game. Yeah.
0: Alright. We'll we'll cut it off I, there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're gonna we're gonna end the show there, guys. Uh, I don't know who has the green Tauros badge roll and who doesn't.
2: Um, I'm. I who well, we can class. we can find this out. We yeah, we, we do. It's super easy.
1: The
0: <laughs> uh, Ten little men already has it. Uh, Cleary does not, I know. And then uh, whatever, uh, and then Carl. So it's either Cleary Carl's or not. Carl.
1: Cleary or Carl. Um. Yeah. You know, I I will say that. Carl I'll throw my bid in with Carl. Uh okay. we had a lot of discussion about that. We we were able to to talk about it a bit. Perfect. Well Carl it, yeah, Carl it is. I
0: agree. Carl it is. Hey oh. Perfect. And so we're done now. That is everything. <laughs> um, That is Carl. Carl, you get the green Taurus badge rule. So if you guys want to tune into Puckle next week, you can send an email in to pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of Pokemon Go's effect on Pokemon. Uh, we would like to know that. Send that in to Pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to get more puckly goodness throughout your week, you could do so in a variety of ways. One, you could just follow us on social media. I'm trying to get better about using those. Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit, all those are on pucklepodcast.com. If you want to come and talk with us during the week, we have plenty of discussion that's probably more in-depth about this. We'll go for hours about HMs there instead of just 10 minutes here. And that is at Discord. The link to the, show, to the invite is in the description down below and also on our website on the chat page.
2: And by the way, uh, by the way, Carl, that that's where you need to go. You need to go to our Discord in order to get that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, so come to the
0: Discord, come chat with us. We love the email, but we love to chat with you in our Discord too. And if you haven't already, come to the Discord. That's where we're doing our summer league, where you can come and challenge gym leaders, uh, which we've decided for their badges. It's a great way to learn competitive Pokemon. We have a lot of fun there. Um, if you yeah, want to just all three play, of us are yeah, gym leaders. Yeah, actually, that's true. Uh, there's 10 gym leaders. You only need eight badges to get to the Tournament of Champions. Also, if you get into the tournament and you win the tournament, you win a 2DS XL, which is still going to be relevant until 2019. So remember that. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a 2DS XL. That's like a $150 system. Like Think about that. You can win that just by playing Pokemon on the internet for free. Just throwing that out there. You can win it. It's worth it. And if you want to... Uh, do other things with us, uh, like maybe meet us in person. You could do so by coming to PuckleCon, which is July 21st and 22nd in Dayton, Ohio, at the Dayton Convention Center, room 306. Uh, I still have a few things to finalize for that, but we finally paid for the room. We've paid for everything. We're just about ready to go. There's a few other things that we have to do. We have to give them the room setup and stuff this week. But we, I'm getting pretty close. It's pretty close. It's only like six weeks away or something like that now, right? And it's going to be pretty hype. So if you want to come battle some Pokemon, we're going to have some prizes. The schedule is on the website as well. You can go find the schedule right now and look at the things we have going on. We have side events going on, including a Pokemon Stadium 2 minigame tournament, if you want to get in on that. So definitely check that out. Uh, I think that's that's pretty much it. Um, you should also go to twitch.tv slash Podcast. catch me and Jushiro playing various Pokemon games on there. But there also may or may not be a PuckleCon stream, that you can catch while you're there. If you're not able to attend PuckleCon, it'll be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to just hopefully being able to share that with you guys in some way. And if you want to support the show either monetarily or well not either monetarily, but you can do so monetarily by one subscribing to us on Twitch, two you can check out our T public store link in the description down below. We can buy a variety of awesome t-shirts and you could also go ahead and more directly support us by going to patreon.com/ pucklepodcast. We really appreciate all the support of our patrons and I'm looking forward to doing a live show with you guys here in the next week or so. All right, that is going to be it. I guess I am Trainer Thatch. I am Professor
1: Snag. And I am Lydian
0: signing out. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing. As always, we would like to thank our patrons for making the show possible. So, thank you to Declan, Duly Noted, Ten Little Men, V for Viking, Andrea, The Fluffiest Whimsicott, Shou Amu, Mago87, Snag, Dexio, Jushiro, Rotted Mushroom, Bosifis, Alverin, Seth Vilo, Minor Manetric, Claude9, Chris, John, R Sigma, Doc McSteffles, Nathan, the Golden Klefki, Uncle Oshawat, Trevor TJ, Shambles, Bird Keeper Cobra, Daniel, Traby, Greg, Alec, Mikey, Ozzy, Jedi DJ, Bob, Sparky, Brian, Orange Avenger, Thomas, Block, Dennis, Echo, Anime Gravy, Travis, Mark Inferno235 and the V for supporting the show. We are going to be doing a live podcast with you guys here on June 30th. So mark your calendars for that one, guys. We'll be doing a live podcast that morning. More details to come at Patreon.com. Of course, if you want your name listed at the end of the show, you can go ahead and go to Patreon.com and also get access to a bunch of other perks. It's going to be great. So I will catch you guys on the flip-flop.